Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Welcome friends to another r/malicious compliance video. Today we've got some great compliance stories and our first story of the day is from NoPay9744, Uniforms for Everyone. I worked in a really classy nightclub in my early 20s. Uniform was black pants and black top. Of any description, just black as it's messy making cocktails. The only other directive was comfy shoes and no prints or slogans and neat hair. Sometimes this was a little hard as cleaning and setup could be sweaty and laborious if we had a big event on, etc but it was fine. I had one of the unused function rooms converted into a staff area, so bartenders would keep their street clothes there and change just before the door opened. Did hair, makeup, etc. One day, new management was installed after a hostile takeover and the new team came in to observe one night and then gave us their recommendations. First thing was we had to use a prescribed uniform. Cool, no worries. Except what they handed us was branded white t-shirts with a misogynistic slogan on it. My staff complained they felt humiliated by wearing them and I agreed and fought the case and lost. They also took away the staff room, saying a locker was enough and to come dressed and ready to work. Okay then. So the new management didn't realize that the bar staff also set up the place for the evening which involved decorations moving furniture after the cleaners had moved them, setting up the bar, refilling fruit and liquor bottles, etc. I told the team to work as hard as they ever had to make a good impression. I've never seen the staff so into crawling under speakers, sinks, and in the cool room to clean every nook and cranny. I've never seen such hardworking furniture moving and no one bothered the new manager when kegs were delivered. We did it all ourselves and had a lovely time bonding. Too bad our white, sexist t-shirts were absolutely destroyed by the time the doors opened, and all the staff looked like utter derelict crap. But none of us had anything to change into, as we could only bring our handbags. We never heard about the shirts again. Does anybody else agree that if your uniform calls for white clothing, that you should just be ready and expecting pretty blatant stains all over a number of your workers, especially those that work in the kitchen? Are they just asking for it or should you be able to keep it clean still? Let me know what you guys think in the comments down below. Our next story is from Fail Wolf. Well, he did say no matter what it was. I worked as a dispatcher for a small town police department out west. There was always a bit of a struggle with our patrol sergeant who looked down his nose at dispatch, always trying to micromanage our department and bully our dispatch sergeant. One day, he discovered that dispatchers were handling small routine matters such as answering questions from the public and handling other minor issues that didn't require a police response. He was outraged. He stomped around the station for a bit, then issued a memo. It began with a condescending essay about how dispatchers were not qualified to answer questions or handle minor issues, as only fully trained police officers were capable of such weighty matters. He then issued a directive that an officer would be sent on any call received from the public, no matter what it was. Our dispatch sergeant just smiled and told us to follow the directive. 
that she was sure it wouldn't last long. As luck would have it, I was on duty that very night, and I guess I was living right as the call came in. Then another, and another. A rather bright meteor had gone harmlessly over the town at a fairly low altitude. Pretty spectacular really, but obvious as to what it was. My phone rang off the hook, most just wanting to ask if anyone thought it had fallen to earth near the town. Not really an issue for the police, but, well, he did say no matter what it was. The radio traffic went along these lines. Unit 28, stand by for traffic. 28, this will be an attempt to locate. Advise when ready to copy. They say 28, go. Be advised, this will be a greenish glowing object, last seen at an estimated altitude of 3,500 feet, traveling in a northwesterly direction at approximately 1,500 miles per hour. If located, stop and identify occupants. They say 10-9? Then the patrol sergeant, shouting into his mic from his radio at home, says, Did you get a call on this? Affirmative, this station has received multiple calls and, per your directive, an officer has been dispatched. Sounds of a radio being slammed to a desk. The next morning, the issue was compounded a bit, as the responding officer also followed his directive and filed an official report, noting that the object had fled our jurisdiction before contact could be made and recommended the matter be referred to the FBI for further investigation, as he had reason to believe the object had crossed state lines. Our captain and chief were laughing to tears, and our detective volunteered to go assist the FBI investigation, theorizing it had gone to Vegas. A new memo was issued by the captain, stating that dispatchers were to have full discretion in the handling of calls and minor matters for the public. This is a great story which highlights that in institutions that have been running for a very long time like this, the reason it probably works that way is it's a tried and true method. Although lord knows sometimes it's not always a perfectly tried and true method, it only goes as far as how good the training of the dispatcher is. I mean, I've heard a lot of stories of awful dispatchers who like downplay people's calls or actually get argumentative with people calling in about emergencies or even hanging up on people. Bless anybody that works in that line of work because it's not an easy job. By the way, if you're enjoying these stories, make sure to hit those like and subscribe buttons down below so you never miss any of my daily videos. That said, our next story is from Illumin159. My coworker got a gift from a client, but it ended up somewhere else rather than with him. For this story, we'll call my coworker Veg. You can write some backstory on my previous post, but to put it short, he's lazy and does barely minimum work. I usually have to do all the things that he doesn't finish and he mostly just doesn't respond to my texts and comments. I picked it up with my boss several times and to put it short, Veg is leaving our firm in two weeks. But a few weeks back when he was still with us and doing nothing to earn his keep, I had a chance to mess with him. We both work as managers on changing shifts, so I'm there when he's not and vice versa. One time when I came to work, he left me a note that somebody from another department will come by our shop and leave a bottle of wine for Veg, and that I need to just leave that bottle of wine for him at work. I just rolled my eyes and was going to just let it play out, but like many other days, he left so much work for me. Even on our shared note system where he left the message about the wine, he left my comments unread and unfinished. After all my work routine, when things got slow, I talked to my coworkers, and they shared a lovely detail about the whole situation. To put it simply, they said that Veg was on the phone with that other department and sorting some stuff out with them. 
Side note, there was no urgency or some problem that he fixed. That usually fell on my lap. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. And out of nowhere, Veg said to the phone something among the lines of, Hey, and after my hard work, are you not forgetting something? Yeah, great, I'll be waiting. Sure, there might be some misinformation, but knowing Veg and knowing how they operate, I can only see it one way. He basically asked them for a gift. A gift for work that he never does. It's not like they would reward him for doing a good job. It's more like him asking for something that he didn't deserve and they just didn't say no. After hearing this, I was still just amused by it and not thinking much about it. It became like an office meme and everybody was asking for some wine as a reward. The guy with the wine showed up about a week later. You could see that when he was asking if Veg was there to receive it, he was clearly pissed off. When I said he's not in there, he got even more angry. I said that I could deliver it to him, no problem. So he left it with me and I just put it in our joined office that only two of us share with Veg. But during the day, I started to think about some prank. Cue malicious compliance. Taking it for myself felt off. Firstly, I don't even drink. And secondly, that would just be pointless and rude of me. So I decided to hide it somewhere. I'm not stealing and not even breaking the note he left me. He wanted me to leave it for him at work. So I did. Two final notes before the end. Veg brags about how much money he makes off his other activities outside of work. But we all know that he's lying, and we all knew how much he wanted that wine. He saw it as a price, spoils of war. And second thing, he does badly at his tasks, emails, orders, and notes. But one thing he does the worst is keeping the shop clean and the office too. So you can guess where I hid the wine? At the back of a cabinet where we keep our cleaning supplies. I told about it to the shift of people that would come within the next day to work. I showed them where I hid it and told them to tell him, since he wouldn't read my notes that I'll leave him, that if he does his work and cleans the place for my next shift, I'll tell him the hiding place. You can probably guess how it ends. The wine is still there, for several weeks hidden and only serving as a reminder for me that at least sometimes I can do something to piss him off as he does to me all the time by being a horrible manager. I even told about it to our boss. He laughed and said I did good and he'll take the wine after Veg leaves without it. But now that I think about it, I might want it in the end. Like I said, the spoils of war. 
I don't think too many people would have remorse for Veg in this situation because, let's be real, they didn't do anything to earn that wine, they don't deserve it. And now that it's been several weeks and they can't muster up like one good day just to earn that wine, I mean, hey, at that point it's like lost and found, let it go, right? Seems like it's fair game and, uh, spoils of war. Our next story is from Tariq861, Clock Watching for Professionals. My favorite example of malicious compliance happened when I worked some 20 years ago for a local government agency here in the US, which shall remain nameless. We were a small, well-run office with a supervisor who had a very laissez-faire style of leadership. And this worked. Do your job. If you have an idea, develop a program and we'll try it. If it doesn't work, no harm done. Take what we can learn from it and use that on another program. Many programs develop spontaneously and there was a very collegial relationship within the department between everyone from the department head down to the administrative staff and with other departments across the organization as well. That department head retired and was replaced by a retired army colonel who was somewhat dictatorial in his style. Suddenly, multiple degreed professionals who were used to a significant amount of autonomy and who consistently worked well beyond the hours for which they were paid, were being told that they could not extend their lunch hour by 15 minutes once a week to participate in the local Rotary Club meetings, despite that we were expected to be involved in local civic groups as a part of our job, and that they had to take a 15-minute break at the assigned time each day. As might be imagined, these administrative changes did not go over well. In response to the new top-down mandates, the informal leaders instituted policies of their own without ever saying a word. Suddenly, if their assigned break time occurred and they were on the telephone, they explained, I'm sorry, but it's my assigned break time and I have to go now. I'll be back in 15 minutes. Meetings that were ongoing at 4.59pm were abruptly adjourned with a note that those from the office were mandated to complete their activities by 5 o'clock daily and it would be necessary to schedule another meeting to complete whatever business was on the table. Mind you, these were people who regularly worked with elected officials at the national, state, and local levels, as well as the public. When lunchtime or 5 o'clock came, they immediately stopped work, often simply leaving the file drawer open with files laying on top as they walked away. It didn't take long for support staff to follow suit. This was not the kind of action to which those had worked with them in the past were accustomed, nor was it what one would expect from professionals. It was, however, exactly what was mandated by the new program. Nothing was ever coordinated between them or the other staff. It wasn't long before the new department head was getting a call from their supervisor, who also happened to be a retired colonel, suggesting that they get a handle on the situation and fix it. Immediately. Of course, there was no disciplinary action because there were no rules violations. Indeed, there was hyper-compliance with the rules established. Things never completely relaxed under the new department head, and I'm sure he wondered why there were no more innovative projects proposed. He had effectively put out the spark that was at the heart of the group, and within a year or so, there was about a 60% turnover. Now, I know not in every field you can have leadership that functions the way the original development head ran things, but 
you just gotta admit that when there's somebody that leads you but also encourages you to use your brain and stretch your creative muscles and encourages you to try to find new pathways you much rather work for somebody like that than the all right you're all gonna follow by the rules at the rules when the rules say you have to follow the rules i mean to be honest that just seems like an easy choice i definitely subscribe to the belief that good leadership works alongside you and encourages or at least hears you out when you have ideas. To sum it all up, the original department head is somebody that's going to generate innovation and inspiration. This new guy that comes in that just says rules, 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 times are set, nobody's going to innovate in a situation like that, right? There's no time to. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another absolutely crazy malicious compliance story, click on my left video. Or, if you missed my latest video, check out the video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 